We have a dream. We have a voice. This is the Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. Hi, I'm your host, Kevin Touch, and we are the, the Anchor, Anchor Nation. Nation. Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch, the host of Anchor Nation Community Radio. And we're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation Podcast, episode 67, with Melissa Reyes, also known as Miss Melissa. Had a great conversation with Melissa, great author, great talent. Overall, has a lot of great things going on with her bubble media, uh, her car partners, and what else did I talk about? Oh, yeah. And the one thing, the, the late night show, but the one thing I got from her that inspired not only me, but I'm sure many others, is her determination to keep doing her thing and really just find unique ways to engage. I think that's important on social media. And it was just overall a great interview, great time to talk, and uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a good thing for sure. And definitely check it out, guys. Check out the late night show, Miss Melissa. It's a great show. Usually Saturdays, I was on it. It was an honor, and hope you enjoy. Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch, the host of Anchor Nation Community Radio. We're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation Podcast, episode sixty-seven with Melissa Reyes. And without further ado, I'm gonna let Miss Melissa introduce herself. Hi there. Oh, I'm Melissa Reyes at Ms. Meliz from Inspiring Adventures. How are you doing? Good. Thank you, Ms. Bliz, for joining the show. It's going to be a good time as always. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. All right. So question one, who told you about Anchor? Well, I first heard about it back in the Blab days. I was um, live streaming on Blab and everybody was talking about this new app and I tried it out. So I've had an account since the beginning. But, um, you know, back then it was really like, a, I don't know, kind of an app where you could leave messages and it felt like voicemail. Yeah, it was like voicemail. I didn't really like it. Um, and I was, you know, at the time I was trying a lot of new apps. So kind of felt fell to the wayside. I forgot about it. Eventually, you know, took it off my phone. And um, then my friend Allison was telling me that she was doing a podcast on Anchor. It was when 2.0 was out. And so that, and that was, she was like really happy about this really engaged community there. So mm-hmm. I tried it then and she has Snap Days Radio and the World Harmony Project. And now we also have a station together called Snap Sisters. So, nice. yeah, so uh, she's, she gives really good advice. <laughs> it was, I'm really happy I tried it then. No, I, I, I can't comment on 1.0, but yeah, Anchor 2.0 for sure was definitely a, a community aspect and it was a community builder for sure. Now we move on to the podcasting side, but it's definitely been an interesting time. How's the transition been for you from 2.0 to 3.0? Just a real quick follow-up. You know, I have to admit that I had already kind of not been involved in the, with the community as much um, just before 3.0 rolled out. Mm-hmm. I had to I had to pull away because it was taking up so much of my time, um, because and taking me actually away from doing some of my other projects because I was just spending a lot of time trying to engage and put you know. You have to put a lot of time into, absolutely. you know, you know but I don't know how you do it, like talking to all these people. And so I thought, okay, I'm just going to spend time on producing the best content I can. And even if that means losing listeners, I just, that's what I needed to do. And that's when the change happened. And I thought, well, I'm just going to roll with that and just learn how to use it this way and 
keep, you know, putting the content out. And so for me, it wasn't a huge change, but I felt really badly for the people who like, you know, like Maria Humphreys, it was like huge, totally messed her up because she was going with it so hard. So I felt bad, but it didn't affect me at all. No, it's a good point though. I mean, it definitely rewards quality now. It is a podcast app. It's a distribution app. It's all free. Yeah. I think th- I think this app will definitely reward consistency, which I think will come back around for those people who may or may not like this so far. It'll come back around. That's the great thing about Anchor. But question two, a little follow-up here, and a perfect segue, actually, is what is your podcast, Inspiring Adventures, about? Well, Inspiring Adventures is um, – it's really blossomed into a cool podcast right now. I'm so happy about it. So I post a weekly message that includes a theme or a focus word and some insights. Right. Okay. So this came from something I started on Snapchat um, over a year ago. And so I'm a life coach and I was sharing words and quotes from my affirmations card deck on my story. And again, that was influenced by my friend, Allison. Um, she had, she had snap days bought. So she wanted me to do like this weekly hashtag event. So I would post a word of the week on Mondays. And so I got so used to that right. practice of doing that. I was doing that every week. So when I started my podcast on Anchor, it became part of my routine. And my goal is to record all 52 words from my card deck and have a year's worth of themes recorded. And um, so that's kind of how it started. But what I didn't expect was that it would start a discussion with the listeners. It became really inspiring. And Anchor provided that perfect way to get feedback and participation, even more than Snapchat ever did. I think the voice really is best for this kind of podcast, you know, for this kind of medium, for people to just hear my voice and to, re- I guess it resonated with them. And I could hear in their voice how much it meant to them. So, um, I was already doing an interview show on Facebook mm-hmm. called Inspiring Adventures. So I rebranded and now I'm combining the ideas to make it all about inspiration and an intentional mindset. That's a cool, that's cool how you rebranded and you still stuck with the plan from Facebook and here. But yeah, going back to the, uh, the word of the week, that's something that I think I've contributed and many others have contributed to where you say, let's say a word like, uh, I think it was flowers was one or something like that, <laughs> or, or love. And, and you get all that viewer and engagement. Would you say with 3.0, do you still get a lot of that engagement and you still feel that you have different topics each week or do you just kind of go by the seat of the pants and pick one out or is it more scheduled? Okay. It is always random because I pick the word out of the card, the deck of cards, and I never mm-hmm. repeat the word. So once I picked that word, I don't say it again. R- rarely do I do that. Um, some people have bought the deck and I put it out there. I'll say, you know, I don't have, I haven't picked a word for next week. If you want to pick a word, let me know. And sometimes they'll pick a word I already picked. So that might be a case that I would repeat the word, but um, it's kind of neat because even if the word doesn't resonate with people like delight, that one was like, Mm -hmm. I really didn't think people would have anything to say about delight. I thought that was just like a fruit for word. I was going to say some random thing about delight, but I got the most engagement because you never know what words are going to relate to people or make people have a memory about things. So um, I got a lot of calls back about delight and, you know, the stories that people tell, you just never know. And I I don't know how to, how to say, like, I think there's less engagement now, but I can't plan it. Like if I say, please call in and I, I make a call to action, 
I might get crickets, you know, but yeah, I just never know. And then sometimes like if I like, like I learned this a lot with scheduling things and doing blogging. If you plan ahead too far and then something in the world might happen and that, you know, you might not want to do the word celebrate when there's been a tragedy, right? Right. So, you know, you just kind of have to, you know, go with the flow. And that's what's really nice about mindfulness and, and my message. It's just, you know, I did have a really hard time talking about um, joyfulness the week after the shooting in Vegas, right? Right. You know, but um, but it did cause a great discussion. And, and that's what's been really nice is having that feedback. No, that's a great point. I think you have to roll with the vibe. You have to roll with what's going on in the world. In this world today, we have seems like a million things in our mind, a million things going on. And if you say a, a word that just doesn't add, I would say there's a tragedy going on. You say something like happiness or delight or something, even mm-hmm. it, it won't add up. But if you have happy events going on and the world seems fine, then of course you, you pull out the cards. And I think it's good. You don't repeat because sometimes when you do repeat, it gets a little repetitive, but keep it on your toes and have a surprise each week. will will make the show more interesting for sure. Yeah, it's fun. And it's not the only thing I do. I also read um, excerpts from my book because that's what oh, right, right. I have is to finish my, you know, to finish my book in an audible form. And then uh, I, I do interviews. So sometimes something will come up and I'll, I'll do that. And then I have a lot of um, content that I, that I pull out from, you know, video content or audio content that I have in storage and I'll just put that on. So it's a great place to, to, you know, to, store things and put things on and then the anchors made it so nice to you know distribute it in different places i feel like there's a lot of things i can re um repurpose for sure yeah anchor anchors definitely made it easier and it's glad because it sounds like your show is a mix which is great we had those mixed shows where it's not just straight up words you got interviews you got readings from your book which we'll get to in a little bit with further mm-hmm. questions I, I think that's great that you just keep it everyone on their toes but for question three, I know you, you have something called Bubbler Media. What is the backstory behind that? Oh my gosh! Again, Snapchat. A Snapchat. friend of mine, yeah, a friend of mine on Snapchat posted a story. She was looking for people who were creating live video content, and so since I'm a live streamer, um, you know, I was like, okay, uh, I'm interested. What are you doing? And a few friends wanted to start a channel on Facebook where live streamers could. Uh, post all their live shows and uh, 24-7 kind of like an anchor you know they wanted to have something going on all the time with live programming and so on the same page because everybody was doing it on their own pages and kind of not getting a lot of people because only your own viewers or your own people were seeing it without having to do ads right and this was kind of before ads really got popular. So we were trying to come up with ways for it to get seen. So we came up with a page called Bubbler Media and we decided to make it a business. They asked me to be a partner and together we own this, um, this business called Bubbler Media. We spent a lot of time working on the infrastructure and planning of the business. And um, right now we're working on our own shows on, and focusing on individual products, uh, projects, but mm-hmm. having a media business is so amazing. And I love collaborating with my partners. We meet every week. Um, we've been doing this for about a year now and it's really great to have that business to go back to. No, it's awesome. It's, it started from something that just was a nonchalant deal. You never know where it leads to on Snapchat. And then 
all of a sudden you got something that's blossoming and you're consistent about it for a year. I think I think those moments where you don't expect any expectations, whether it be just a media company or anything in life, you'll get something out of it. You get a reward at the end of the tunnel that you never thought would happen, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And learning so much. I mean, we pushed really hard those first four or five months. We would meet every day, every morning. And, like, we're in four different time zones. Cause there's- oh, wow. There's six of us and one in England and then East Coast, Midwest and West Coast. So we had to meet at five in the morning because it was the only time that we could for at five in the morning for me. It was the only time right, we could right. call me. And we I would so I got into the habit of getting up early every day and I am not a morning person. But you know, I did it because I was so driven and I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot from each of them. And one amazing thing was that they were learning things from me that I didn't even realize had that much value. So it was, really, it was really awesome because, you know, that's why they asked me to be a partner because I had skills and knowledge that they needed. It was awesome. No, for sure. That's it's definitely, it's definitely, it's important to learn and gain knowledge because you don't know where they're from or, and they might have different culture and they might deliver a different opinion. And then when you hear their opinion out, you can collaborate even more on ideas to realize, oh, this might, this may work on this area but this may not work and this might work. It, it's good. It, it gives more mix. It gives more of that flavor for each group, for sure. Yeah. Well, one thing we, we, we said many times during the, that period was when we make it big, when this is a huge success, they're going to be making movies about us and talking about us and articles because it's, it's unheard of for six people, three men and three women to have a business because we have such a varied background and so many differences of opinion. But, you know, it's been a year and we're still together. We still meet every week and we, we care about each other. And it is, it's a really unique situation. But I, I really, I, I, I would never back away from it. I don't know if it's going to work, but I know something is going to result from it. Oh, for sure. I, th- I think you continue to stick with it and things start to work out. It, it really will. And you just keep handling your responsibilities, which is question four. But we kind of mentioned a little bit, so I'll spice up the question. Yeah. Uh, what, are some, what are some of your favorite things you do while on a call or, or just while you guys meet? What are some things you handle and, and what's your favorite thing about the call as far as just meeting? You know what? It really comes down to helping people. One of the mm-hmm. things that they recognized in me is that I'm a connector. That I that I mm-hmm. you know I remember everybody I've ever met. People remember me. I'm able to locate people. Like I'll be you know we would talk and they'd say oh if we only knew someone who was a whatever contract lawyer and I'd be like well I know somebody and you know I'd reach out to that person and that person would take a meeting with us and then they would say well how do you know them? Well we went to high school together. It's been over 20 years since I've seen them. <laughs> You know, right. like, and you were willing to do this for us? And they said, of course. You know, and that, those kinds of relationships, it just gets me the chills right now thinking about it. That, like, I didn't believe, like, I didn't even believe myself that I would say, let me contact this person and see if he could help us. But they did. People, you know, and I guess, you know, I guess that's something that I had that, that I didn't even realize was like my superpower, <laughs> you know, and all those years of interviewing people and reaching out and talking and, and putting myself out there on social media, uh, these people were watching Make me. connections, right. Yeah. So it was really nice. It was really nice to put that to the test and be, be able to, to feel confident that I, that I, that I could call on those people and ask for help. And so, you know, I learned a lot and that's what I, that's what I do. I, I feel like I could always do that. No, that's a great point. I think connecting is uh, sometimes overlooked and it shouldn't be because sometimes when you put yourself out there, 
whether it be the one person that could lead to something else, or if you put out the many people, something could catch on. And at the end of the row, when you get enough people, or even when you're still continuing, you have enough people like, I need this. Could you help me out with this? And you know somebody. It's like it's like you got the power to uh, control people in a sense that you can call them up and, and help them at the same time. It's interesting. Right. But you know what? It also goes back to basics. I had experience from college and even from high school gotcha. in leadership, in business, sales, marketing. Uh, you know, I had learned about communication, psychology, all of those experiences that I had, I've been putting to use for all of these years in every job I had. So it all came together. And when we were at these business meetings, I would just get so pumped up and so excited. And, you know, we all would. And they'd say, oh, my gosh, you know, this is what you were meant to do. And I would, I would work tireless on my, the summer, like I get, I work for school. And so I get uh, the month of July off and I'm looking forward to it again this year. I worked harder and longer in that month because I was working on my own passion project than I'd ever worked before. It was because I love doing, doing those things. I love it. It was my own natural abilities coming out. Absolutely. I think, I think using the resources you learn from school, college, it could apply to life. And, and, and a lot of people had that old saying, no, it doesn't. But some, some actually do. And when you do, you have to use that to your advantage. And, of course, working on your passions, putting the more effort and shows the conscious decision to keep going and never stopping and always making sure on top of things. Even when things might go down or something might happen, you're still willing to put your passion first, which is always great. Yeah, so true. So true. And question five, I know a little bit about, you just talked about video interviews. What, but what is the hardest part about making the video interviews compared to what we're doing on audio? Oh my God. You know, this is part of why I'm like selfishly and loving, and I can't say enough about how much I love audio and podcasting because it is easy. It's easy. And it is so direct to the voice and people connect you with people at their heart, right? Mm -hmm. Because it strips away all of this other stuff that you have to deal with. The hardest part about making video interviews is the technology, getting everyone's devices to work together. Not everyone has the same stuff. I want to interview somebody online and they get on and they might have a different kind of interface or different kind of computer. And I have to tell them how to get it to work. And I've never used that kind of computer or that kind of device. You know, I've never even seen it. And here I am trying to troubleshoot for them so that it will work with mine, you know, or they don't have a the right kind of microphone or they don't have the headphones or earphones or and no amount of preparing uh, in advance kind of takes care of everything. Something always goes wrong. So it is frustrating, you know, and you would think it was looking right or looking good. I'm so over not like making sure I look right. I don't care if like I want to look my best, but if I have to pull my hair back and just put some lipstick on, whatever, I don't care about what I look like. It's more about right. perception. I want to, I want when people see that video or when that guest comes on, I want them to be, to know that I'm you know, knowledgeable, that this is a high quality thing and that I'm in control. And with video, there are so many ways to mess up and look bad to the guests and to the audience. It's just so frustrating. So um, there's a lot of pressure, a lot. No, yeah, video video is, is definitely a lot because you mentioned the devices. Even more than just the looks, it's just if you can't get the devices compatible with one another, you can't do it. So it's important to to get them compatible. Would you say just a real quick thought, would you say you had any situation where it was just like you couldn't even get the interview going because of the devices or is it just something where it was a little simple error that you had to find out after the fact? 
There have been um, uh, there have been like three that stand out that could that just did not happen. So one never could get this guy online. There's one, and he is, and I thought he would hate me because we tried like three different times, and this this man he just could not figure out how to get his camera to work. He could see me, I could see him, but he it just. He couldn't figure it out. And short of me going to his house, which I offered to do, um, he, he just, it wouldn't work. And um, he, you know, I really wanted to do this video for him and do the interview because he was promoting a book. And he ended up giving me a five-star excellent review on my Facebook page and um, was really, really nice about it. But it just, I, I felt terrible because I could never deliver on that, that interview. Um, and, and so, you know, that never happened. I felt so bad. It was the only time that never happened. And the other time was um, the woman could not get her computer to work. We, you know, got on. She could see me. She could see my co-host, Cindy. Um, she could hear us. She could text with us. But she could not get the camera and audio to work. And we kept troubleshooting. And finally, she said, you know what? I think I, think I don't have the camera on this computer. And of the whole time, she that computer didn't even have a camera. Oh wow! <laughs> we took literally took like hours. We were way past the time we were going to go live. We just we canceled the live. We said, you know, it, we're we're going to have to reschedule. But we kept trying to troubleshoot with her, and finally at the end, she's like, you know what? So what she did, she went, she bought an external camera, had it attached. And the following week, she called me. She's like, okay, I'm ready to go. I've got the I've got the equipment now. I thought I had a camera, but I. I did, I had a new computer and I didn't realize that this one didn't have it, whatever, but I bought it. So we did, we did the interview. So that worked out. And then the, last, the last one, I'll tell you one more story. It's hilarious. Yeah. This is the most hilarious thing that ever happened. Okay. Big movie, like big, not big movie star, but you know, really great movie star. Someone who was very popular. I was so excited about having this person as my guest, a live show, huh? a lot of promotions. I, it was around the holidays. I was expecting, a lot of people to watch it. We um, we get on, and I told her, I don't know how many times, I don't use this one thing that she used, but I use this other thing. And she's like, no problem. I'll load it. It's I'm a pro. I know right. what I'm doing, right? Gets on. She's still using the other thing. She's like, I know it works. It always works. Like, okay, it, it doesn't. It's not compatible. So we troubleshoot whatever. So we finally... So I get my three people, my co-host, my associate producer, and myself, we all change to her format so that we can be like, we're yes people. We're like, oh, we'll make it work. You know, we don't want to, you know, I don't know. I guess we're trying to please her. And at her point, she wasn't going to change it. So we're like, well, we'll change. So we spent the time, we changed it. And it was working. But at, And we're like, okay, we did it. We're awesome. We're starting. We're going to start on time. We have a live show starts. And do you know what? Like, for whatever reason, every single thing went wrong. Like, as the live came on, there was something wrong with the connection. So the sound was wrong. And then I fixed that. And something else happened. And then the other, we were having, it was holidays. So we're going to have Santa Claus come on as a surprise. That didn't work. And like all this stuff happened, we finally ended up on our hand on our phones. My son comes in with his phone recording the the video of her on my screen. It was just like it was so Jimmy rigged. It was ridiculous. But we got that show on the air. 
I think I think it just shows you how technology is such a weird factor these days. And and I can I can relate though in a sense that a lot of people they they don't know what their camera is on their a computer or even phone. They just they don't know what they're doing. So it's important just to keep that customer service aspect and yeah. intact to, to work with them. But yeah, it's funny how you try for hours and you realize, oh, I don't have the right camera. I don't even that's, have a camera. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's that's crazy. But I guess it's just one of those situations where, oh, well, we tried at least, and we and we still got the good review. But of course, you want to always please the customer for sure. Well, yeah, you know, I try to stay patient and and pleasant, but um, there have been sometimes where I just cry at the end. I've cried also when it went well. There have been sometimes when it went so flawless, and I got off off screen, and everybody was done, and I just started crying because I thought that was near perfect. You know, it, and I've had some people ask me if some of my live shows have been, were pre-recorded and if I edited them. And I said, no, that was live. And so that is the highest compliment when someone thinks something was edited and pre-recorded and it was actually the whole thing was done live. So it, it's, it's, a, it's like, you know, it's like winning the video game. It's going up a new level. It's so much fun. No, that's important to keep, keep that in mind to know that you got, new levels you reach new levels and you find new levels and if you can get that perfect video and you had those moments it's like well we we did it once <laughs> well, yeah. we're, we came real close we can definitely do it again we have that capability as the the team as they like yeah. to say just keeps it going keep rolling with it for sure absolutely now question six you mentioned a book but what is the backstory behind uh this is the sound of my soul but where did it really start and what what idea did it spur from oh my gosh well I always wanted to write a book, um, and but I started writing as a blogger, and so I was sharing my own journal, like I was putting my own story up on my blog, and I started getting, you know, people asked, telling me that they thought I was a good writer. So I, what I ended up doing was um, a lot of self-work. I started a program that I joined called A Year With Myself, and they were writing prompts. So I thought, well, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this weekly writing prompt and prompt for a year. And when I'm done all that writing, I'm going to become a writer because that's going to give me a lot of practice. So that's how I started. And once I'm done with that, I'll be a good writer and I'll be able to write. I'm going to write that book. You know, I had this idea in my mind. Well, as the process started and I started talking about how I wanted to write a book with some of my close friends, I realized I was writing a book. you know I was like pouring myself out there I'm writing and I just realized wait a second I'm practice writing but if I if I take a little more time and do this right I'm really writing a book I'm in the process of writing the book so I started kind of thinking about everything I put out there was part of the book or at least the basics the basics for the book and then I did I was already done with the year and I had everything out there on my blog and I took a seminar webinar, whatever you want to call it online thing that said, if you had um, 50,000 words written, you've already written your book. And so Which... I thought, I thought, I wonder how many words I've written already. Well, I had well over 50,000 words. Um, so I put it all in a document and, and the, the thing said, if you have that body of work, spend um i think it was 90 days editing it set a date start promoting yourself and set oh, there was different steps start promoting yourself as the author of the forthcoming book you know set the name set the date 
and it kind of walked you through the process of how to do it. You could go online, self-publish or get a publisher, whatever. And so I followed the steps. I set the date. I set the goal. I decided I was going to use this body of work to publish my book. And um, it was this huge process and this thing that I, it was a big, hairy, audacious goal. It was something I always wanted to do. And um, I worked really hard to meet that deadline. I liked, it was like, I, even though I was self-publishing it and and I had already written it, it, that deadline to me was like, you know, my drop dead deadline. I was going to meet it no matter what, like my life depended on it. And I did it. And um, so it was a huge accomplishment for me. And I'm really proud of it. And, and it tells a story of, of what happened to me during that time. And um, I think, you know, it's really, it, it inspires me. I go back and read it and it makes me feel good. So, um, you know, I'd like to write, I am, you know, writing some other things right now, but, you know, it, it was really neat. And it's, I, like I said, it, I learned a lot about myself. I, I, it's right. everything you do is a learning process. So that's what it is. That's how it came about. <laughs> it's kind of no. No, that's that's pretty cool though. How you just you just didn't know where it was going. Just kind of took some webinars and whatnot, and and then you saw the fifty thousand words. And you got a book out of promotion, but but yeah, that's a good point. How you you mentioned self. I just wanted to ask real quick, what's the hardest part about the self publishing? I know you can go to a publisher, but do you feel at any point where self publishing? Did you feel like you had a moment in time where you think it wasn't going to work out, or were you just dedicated for it? Well, I'll tell you what, when, um, like 10 years before I started doing this, I had the idea that I would write a book before, and I had started writing some projects and I started shopping for publishers. And this was before self-publishing was a thing. I mean, the only way to self-publish at that time was you paid for your books in advance and the publisher would publish it a certain uh, amount of books and, and you would pay for it they you know and they would give you you know however many you paid for so maybe it would cost four thousand dollars and you would get you know four hundred uh, I don't know whatever however many copies of the books and you'd be stuck with it whether you sold them or not right that was what self-publishing was a long time ago and so you had that option or you had to get a publisher and people would send their book manuscripts out to hundreds of publishers and maybe never get published and so I I looked into that process and I was I never sent my manuscript out because I was just I didn't want I wasn't confident enough and um, I even went through a process where I actually like trashed all of my work because I was like this is never this isn't good enough you know that kind of thing so I um, mm-hmm. you know after all that when self-publishing came along I thought anybody can write a book whether, you know, and this is kind of, this kind of sucks for actual writers who've been published because now, you know, there's a whole new way of doing this. Yet I was already, my work had already been quote unquote published because my blog was already out there. I knew people had read it. So I was confident in what I wrote. Why not put it in a book form? Okay. And it mm-hmm. didn't cost anything because it wasn't like the self-publishing from before where you had to pay a certain amount to get a certain amount of books um, printed, um, you know, with the Amazon, um, whatever it's called that I did. Um, what's it called? Um, I already forgot. <laughs> it's all good. 
Yeah, no, the, the, you know, you can go on Amazon and they have this, um, the system that you go on. It's literally, it's free. So you can do everything online and you could even, it's create space, create space, I think is what it's called. And so there's no reason to not do it. It doesn't cost anything. I think I actually ordered because they let you order like business cards and some postcards. I think I spent $60. Wow. So I made that back as soon as I sold a few books to my friends, you know, my family. Um, and so like, and then it's print, it's, it's print to order. So you, you know, and you get your, your own order, you order your own and you get it at cost because you're not paying yourself royalties. Right. So, you know, you can, you can order as many books as you want for your price. And so like, you can't go wrong. There's no reason to not do it. So I forget what your question was exactly, but no, that's perfect. Uh, just, just, what was the difference between uh, sell published versus published? But yeah, the answer, the answer, though. Yeah. If, so, if, if any, so before, here's the thing. Yeah, here's go for the it. Thing, though, Kevin, I have to tell you, it depends on the body of work. For this body of work, it had already been blocked. I at the time could not have gotten a publisher to publish it. No right. publisher would touch it because it had already been on my block. So. But I still can make it my own, myself. Nowadays, like I have friends who are publishers because I've been in, in doing this for so long and I've met people and, you know, I've been interviewing authors and publishers. So I've talked to publishers. Publishers are going out of business because this has gotten so popular. Published authors are now doing this. It's easier. They have to do it. So it's harder to get a traditional publishing contract unless – and I might be wrong. I mean, somebody out there might hear me and go, she's wrong. She don't know what she's talking about. I have this contract. But, you know, unless you're like a um, celebrity or, a, you know, a phenomenal writer and or you're writing movies or something, you know, but like, so if I had a novel that was like the next, you know, Godfather or something that was going to be made into a movie, then mm-hmm. I would go with a publisher. I'm not going to self-publish it. Right. But if I have a story that I've written that's just sitting in my journal or that's on my what on my computer, you it's gonna take you one day. Spend a Saturday afternoon and go online and publish it. You get printed out. It's the most amazing feeling in the world. That that is crazy because that's something that actually what we'll do after after the interview, I'll I'll try to get the link for that, but that is crazy that you can just go online and you got a nice piece of body of work here with the writing. You built something up, go on to Amazon create. And all of a sudden you got yourself a free book that well, free book as far as, you know, publishing. Yeah. And you can just sell it the next day after it only takes about two days and, and you got yourself a, a oh. book and a happy time. It's crazy. It's crazy, but it's the times with technology for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the process could take a little bit longer. You want to get your proof copy. You want to edit it. You know, they offer services that for, you know, I would say if you want to go something more professional, like say you put a lot of work into something like you're maybe you're getting your PhD and you've written a dissertation. You've spent a lot of time working on something. It's a book, right? You want to get it published. Right. Spend $500. Get a beautiful cover. Get somebody to edit it for you. Make sure, you know, and publish it. People will buy it. And if they don't, at least you have 
your, you know, 10 copies or 100 copies or whatever, because it is such an amazing feeling. And I think, you know, we were going to talk about this, what, you know, what's, um, how's it impacted you? Yes, yes. You know, how's, how's it, what is it, how's it changed me? I mean. You can answer that right now. It's perfect. So question seven, how has writing the book impacted you in the reader's life? It's perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Thank you. You know, it made me believe in myself. I had to push hard to accomplish the goal. It wasn't easy. I mean, the process is easy, you know, like it's possible to do it, but it still was hard to get it done in my psyche and in my, you know, I wanted it to be good. Right. You know, I wanted it to reflect who I am, but having that book in print, um, you know, the hardest part for me is I wish I had done it before my parents died. I wish that they were like to see it. It was, um, it, I'm so glad my, my children look at me differently. They, my, one of my um, kids teachers came up to me one time and said, I didn't know that you had written a book. And I'm like, how did, how did you know that I wrote a book? And, and she said, well, your, your son talked about it in class. My mother's an, an author. And I'm like, you know, that was such an amazing feeling. You know? Right. You know, that, and uh, one time I was on a plane and I sat next to a lady who was, had, uh, it was her first time flying and she was so afraid. And I said, it's okay. You know, um, I'm a life coach. I'll talk you through it. You're going to be all right. And so I had never met this woman before. And so she's like, well, tell me about yourself. What do you do? And I said, well, I wrote a book. And she's like, oh my God, you're an author. I'm sitting next to an author. I mean, she was so excited. And like, those are the, I had never expected stuff like that. You know, it, it changes you. It really does. It, it gives you self-confidence to know you've you done something that you built from scratch. It's, it's like when you raise a child or you raise something and you do something from even like build, like even make a cake. You build something that's just there's the ingredients or there's a young baby and you and you see it blossom and you get it done. And eventually when it's finished, I did that. And it gives you that confidence and that humble confidence to know when you sit next to somebody and you mention you're an author or whatever accomplishment you've done. You feel good inside that you've done something and helps you. It helps your aura around you too. It helps build oh, confidence. Yes. Oh, absolutely. It really does. And then it leaves a legacy. There's something about a book that, um, like your child, um, exactly. It's a really great analogy because it lives on forever. You know, it can, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to outlast me. It will always be accessible. Right. And with technology, it's so easy to get it, whether it be a free copy or uh, just a copy of it or those free those uh, free audiobooks apps sometimes you just take an audiobook app and you can listen to it it's pretty cool when you get that absolutely it's on kindle <laughs> there we go there we go there we go yeah. and question a speaking of authors if you could collaborate with any one author in the world who would it be and why okay well my first answer is always oprah if <laughs> oprah question about if you could do something with someone <laughs> or meet someone it's always oprah you know i would want to collaborate with oprah about anything she's someone who does everything she wants and she has a lot of interest just like I do and I think it would be a lot of fun but you know what I am collaborating on another book right now with my best friend Cindy Harrison and that's my dream I'm really excited about it we're gonna write a book together and um you know she doesn't consider herself an author but we're gonna do that we're gonna be authors together and it's really cool so there you go no that's a good mix I think Oprah definitely has that humanitarian vibe and and philanthropy, I think that's a great word to use because she is a philanthropist to the world, helps out so many people. And then as far as helping somebody else, there you go. Since you've got the experience and you know maybe somebody who may not be the best writer or has the most creativity as far as deep thoughts, 
but then you just dispatch yourself and just really spit regular ideas out and put it on paper. And like your friend Sydney, things can happen. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's exciting. And, you know, I feel like, I think Oprah just really leads a great example about how you can make things happen, whatever it is that you like. If you like cooking or if you like mindfulness or if you like travel, you know, whatever it is. She's she she can help other people through it and help make the world a better place. That's just that's what I want to do. I love it. I love her. Oh. She's awesome. Oh, for sure. I think I think if you can help one person, even even if it's one person a week or even one person a month, it's it's an accomplishment to just help somebody and and get them a platform for themselves and lay a foundation so they can have some self confidence too. For sure. Yeah. Question nine, what is one message you would give to anyone trying to write a book or just trying to be an author in general? Oh, well, you know, just set a goal and do it. Stop. um, Don't, you know, stop at nothing to get it done. That's what, that's what I did. I, I think, like I said before, there's no reason not to do it. It's free. If I could do it, you can do it. (laughs) Um, I just, uh, I waited so long and I just think that my message would be, um, you know, really, if you, Everybody has a story to tell. And if you want to do this, you can do it. You know, if you want to, if there's a will, there's a way. Absolutely. I'll help you. You can call me. I'll help you. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's a good point. If there is a will, there is a way. As long as you have the dedication and drive to do something, it, not, it may not even be a book, just anything in general, and you can, and you can do it, you can get there at the end, and you, you can be self-motivated, self-dedicated to it. Things can really turn out with, with technology and with the skills you have you can really make it happen for sure exactly absolutely all right and, and our, our final two questions uh, question 10 what is your goals in the next five years whether it be personally work anchor or even anything you want to share with the anchor nation oh my gosh well you know what um i'm at a point in my life where i'm just going to keep interviewing people i want to meet inspiring people and share their message i want to publish a few more books i'd like to take on some coaching clients and and really help some people and um be happy i choose happiness i choose to keep motivated to keep doing what i'm doing experiencing joy one moment at a time no, that's a that's a great goal actually. Just just to be happy and keep doing what you love to do and following your passions. I think, I think doing those things that keeps you young, keeps you motivated, keeps you inspired. It's a great word to use, and it, and it makes you feel happy inside to know that along the way you'll meet new people and they may have a story that inspires you, which is a great thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, like I like I said, I, I just I love people. I love hearing their stories. I love learning from them. We can keep learning. All the time. And that's how we grow. That's it. Learning is growing. That's for sure. And our final question is, what is one thing you'd like to tell the Anchor Nation that they may not know about you? And it could also be a fun fact. A fun fact. <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I, I listen to what everybody says. And there's a lot of talk about, like, leaving your job and doing what you're passionate about. Right. And I just, I, everything I've done, live streaming, writing and publishing a book, becoming a life coach, starting a media company, I've done it all while raising a family and working at a full-time job. So I think a lot of people don't realize that. I think it's possible. It is definitely possible to balance life and work with your passion. You know, we don't have to do that, but like, and I felt like I, 
like I wanted to contribute to my family and at certain times it's been a necessity you know I needed to have that job so I could have insurance or I needed to have that job so it would pay tuition for my kids to go to school and you know it just worked out that way but you know what it, there were lots of times when I didn't have to have that job but I but it was fulfilling so you know and or it was helping other people and so that was important to me but you can do it and it's not for everybody, but, you know, it, it's possible to have all your dreams come true and balance everything and, and still be happy. <laughs> that's my, my that's my message. No, that's a great message to have. I think the, the message here, no matter what happens or no matter what you're doing, and if you can still find the time and still balance and have that balance and that going on in your life, anything is possible. Dreams are dreams can be closer. It's like the mirrors can be closer than the Peter. Dreams can be really close to the Peter if you can still balance things. And really put the dedication. And it comes down to just self-motivation. And even with family. And you can still balance all that. They'll respect that too. To know you're still doing hard work for them. And good things happen usually when, when you start doing those things for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just take it one day at a time. Like I, I have to have patience with myself all the time, Kevin. There are so many things I want to do. So many things I want to try. And so many things I want like right now. And I think, you know, a, a lot of times... I spent a lot of time trying to like get away from my demons, get away from the past, stop worrying about other people, what they thought of me. Now I'm having to try to stop worrying about the future because right. I'm like, so like, Oh, you know, bigger than I am in my head. <laughs> so, you know, it's a challenge to be mindful of the present and just be happy with who I am. It's that daily, you know, mantra is just, you know, breathe and just, you know, love this moment because this moment right now is all we can control if we want to have to be in control of something. So, you know, hey, just recognize that there's so much happening right around me right now that's so amazing. You know, there's electricity that's lighting the way. I'm holding a cell phone that's allowing me to communicate with you. It's causing right. a reaction that other people are going to be able to hear it. That's, these are pretty, these are miraculous things right in my midst, right at this very moment. And I am just thrilled to be a part of it. No, for sure. The, the moment, keep the moment of now in, in mind and of course, gratefulness. I think, I think being grateful for stuff like this, like, like you said with the phone and, and things, things work out in the end and people don't have some of those things, but if you stay grateful, you stay humble, you stay conscious of what's going on and live for the now and don't worry too much about what's going on in five years and, Maybe it's not, not always, but maybe just go look back in the past, maybe once or twice, and just keep <laughs> that happy spirit going and just re resurrect with that. Things can really turn out for the future and just trust your process and things will go for sure. Um, yep, that's right. Trust the process. You've got it. Oh, my right. God. I mean, thank you so much. <laughs> no problem, Ms. Melissa. But before we go, would you like to DM your social media so people can find you? Yeah, definitely. I'm at Ms. Meliz, M-I-Z-M-E-L-I-Z, -E -E most places, but on Instagram, it's M-I-Z-M-E-L-I-S-S-A. And I did just start a new account for Inspiring Adventures Word of the Week, which is Inspiring Adventures underscore word, but you can connect with me at Ms. Melissa. Perfect, and Melissa Reyes on Anchor. Thank you, Miss Melissa, uh, Melissa Reyes, uh, for coming on the show. Thank you, everybody out there in Anchorland, Anchor Nation, for giving your undivided attention, as always, to myself and the interviewee. Melissa, thank you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Take care.
Hi, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch of Anchor Nation Community Radio, and I'd like to say thank you for listening to the Anchor Nation podcast. If you'd like to book an interview or DM me on Instagram, follow me at the Anchor Nation. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it is also under the Anchor Nation. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Hey, Kevin, it's Melissa Reyes here, and I just wanted to let you know that I listened to the interview, um, and I have to thank you so much. I'm all smiles. That was a while ago, and just listening to it again now makes me so happy. That was a wonderful interview. You are fantastic, and um, I really appreciate every question and every um just all of the attention to detail and all the time that you gave me. You're fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you for the wonderful interview and thank you for being my friend. Take care.